Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. My name is Alejandro Suniga, starting out a new thing this year as we are coming into the Michigan football season. I'm going to be talking every week with a beat reporter from the opposing team uh, to get to know the opposing team, get to know the the enemy. Uh, We're calling this Behind Enemy Lines. And I am so excited to start out this week uh, with, with our first beat reporter from the Coloradoan based out of Fort Collins. We've got Kevin Lytle. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm excited that, that college football is finally back. It is shaping up to be a great week in Ann Arbor, shaping up to be a really exciting season here. Uh, and from everything I've seen, it's it's been quite an off season, both here in Ann Arbor, but obviously out in Colorado as well. Wondering if you can take me through exactly what's happened since we lost last saw the Colorado State Rams obviously went three nine last year had a coaching change what's this offseason been like for you guys yeah you're right uh, a lot has happened and yeah it starts right there a final game you know Steve Adazio got ejected before halftime and that was basically the last sight of him um, at Colorado State and I, I would say most fans are are thrilled about that it was a really uh, frankly, a really bad two years that, that the fan base was really angry, really upset, not much success, a lot of off the field um, drama, we'll just call it. And so, yeah, Colorado State moved on from Steve Adazio and then um, really made what pretty much shocked everyone with the coaching hire of Jay Norvell hiring a guy, you know, across the conference from Nevada and um, kind of ironically, coincidentally, and, you know, Norvell was was leading Nevada in that final game of the season where Adazio got ejected. So uh, kind of a crazy turn there. And and so, yeah, it's a whole new change, completely different system. Uh, everything there are 59 new players on the roster, a uh, whole new vibe. I mean, Fort Collins is energizing side about Jay Norvell and the future um, you know, of this program under him. I think people here understand it's going to take a little bit of time, you know, going from a program that struggled over the last several years, you know, not going to all of a sudden turn into, you know, the best group of five team overnight or anything like that. Uh, but I think the the future is, is pretty bright fans feel and, and you can see why. And so, yeah, everyone's just really excited to, to get this going, see the air raid in action um, at Colorado state. So, so yeah, it's a whole different vibe. It was pretty negative, pretty nasty, you know, at the end of the season last year. And, and it's pretty much the opposite now. For sure. And it, and it seems like, you know, we're, we're in this new age of college football, right? Uh, where, hey, it's not only a coach can get up and leave and, and move across the conference in an offseason, uh, but so can players. And, you know, when, when you look down that Colorado State roster, like you just mentioned, some 50 odd new faces and, and a lot of those players, it seems, came to the program from Nevada. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is one of those situations where, you know, several years ago before, you know, the transfer portal era, this would have been a really long transition because Steve Adazio played, you know, a very old school, you know, ground and pound kind of bland offense. And now it's the air raids, obviously, basically a complete opposite. 
So in the previous you know time, it would take a long time to transition your roster to be able to play that new system. But now, I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously not a fully perfect roster or anything like that, but they're able going to be able to do and run the offense they want to run. And yeah, the Nevada changes were a big part of it. I mean, the starting quarterback, Clay Millen, um, he was supposed to take over for Carson Strong this year uh, at Nevada. He transferred uh, probably the top two receivers, Torrey Horton and Melquan Stovall are Nevada transfers. A couple guys on the O-line, uh, you know, some some guys on the defensive side, too. The punter is from Nevada. Uh, pretty much everywhere you look, there's Nevada guys. And then also uh, several freshmen, uh, you know, true freshmen this year were committed to Nevada and then changed when the coaching staff changed. Um, so I think when you include high school commitments and Nevada transfers, you're looking at something like 20 guys uh, that somehow were connected to Nevada, whether it was, you know, on the roster or, or verbally committed that now ended up at Colorado state. You're talking about transfer punters. And now we're talking big 10 football, <laughs> but Hey, uh, you were just mentioning uh, Clay Millen uh, as a starting quarterback. Uh, it seems like there is, I, I, I was reading one of your stories. In fact, that this is the most inexperienced quarterback room in all of college football, or at least one of them, you know, obviously it's the air raid offense, but, but what do you really expect? We'll see week one in front of 110,000 people at Michigan stadium. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Four quarterbacks, all freshmen, two of them registered freshmen, two of them true freshmen, zero starts. Um, Clay Millen threw, I think, two passes last year, you know, kind of a mop-up duty as a backup. So you have two passes in college in your entire quarterback room. It's pretty wild. Uh, but Clay Millen's a guy they're really high on. He, you know, he's a four-star recruit, uh, turned down Pac-12 teams to end up going to Nevada. And then, like I said, came, came here to Colorado State, you know, Game one, you know, how, how's that for throwing in the deep end? Like you say, 110,000, you know, a playoff team, a top 10 team. You're not exactly the easiest uh, first start for the kid. So they're going to be growing pains. You know, it's a whole new O-line as well, which obviously will play a big role in how Clay Millen does. So there's going to be growing pains. I, I would think we'll see some freshman moments on Saturday. But I also think we'll see some, uh, you know, some of the potential. He's a guy that has a, a nice arm. He's accurate. Uh, pretty composed guy. Again, we'll see what composure looks like in that circumstance. But overall, I think they're really excited about his maturity, composure level, all those things. Um, and now really, you know, Jay Norvell said today, he said, Clay's done everything he can do, you know, registering last year uh, through camp, spring ball, preseason camp. He's done everything. He's learned everything he really can without games. So now he just needs games to, to learn that way. And and so it's it's time for that. But I think everyone's just kind of intrigued. Uh, and like I say, I, my you know soft prediction is there will be some, you know, very freshman plays. But I think you'll also see some very nice plays where it's like, oh, you know, you can see the potential there. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly you expect big things out of the air raid offense. Certainly, you know, he, I think he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, as you mentioned, by 24-7 sports. Uh, you know, he got a very little bit of experience last year and, and you kind of sort of get the feeling that if he can get settled into a rhythm, uh, if you can go beyond, uh, go beyond the nervousness, I guess, uh, of being in front of a hundred thousand people, uh, you know, that maybe they can get the ball moving a little bit, uh, at least against the Michigan defense that has changed so much flipping the table a little bit, you know, the, the Michigan offense is one that is, has also been talked about a lot. Uh, Michigan offense, you know, obviously it's, it's returning to quarterbacks. The bulk of its wide receiver room uh, has two very talented running backs and, you know, one of the better offensive lines in college football. Uh, how do you think Colorado state might 
try to slow that down. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting because the the overall game plan, you know, they they run a four two five defensively. They they really want those front four to pressure on their own and not have to blitz a, a ton to leave the back end vulnerable. You know, will that work against a Michigan? You know, I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, so I'm pretty intrigued to see, you know, if they come out really aggressive defensively or almost the opposite, try and, uh, you know, prevent big plays, that type of thing. And, and, you know, at least make Michigan, you know, work it, you know, kind of more methodically up and down the field rather than big plays. Um, because it's an interesting defense, you have, uh, you know, some holdovers from the previous staff that will play key roles. Uh, but you also have a lot of new guys. I mean, the secondary, uh, one of your safeties and then both your starting cornerbacks are, are new players to Colorado state, both transfers. Uh, so you have a lot of transition overall. I think the defense is much better, will be better than last year. Colorado state, the kind they have good individuals on defense, but as a group last year, it was, uh, pretty rough at times. So I think they're pretty hopeful, but again, kind of like we talked on offense, this is a little bit different beast than, than Colorado state's going to be seen in the mountain West. Yes, it's certainly Certainly a tall task for, for any team, uh, much less a new administration and so many, so many new players and so many players, not necessarily new, uh, but, but, but at a new program for them. Yep. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Clay Millen, uh, you mentioned, you know, a, a number of players who have transferred a number, you know, a number who are stepping into bigger roles. Uh, if we're looking from the Michigan perspective, maybe, someone we should keep an eye on someone who really has the potential to, you know, to, to put his name on the big stage on Saturday. Uh, who, yeah. who, who do you say? Yeah. One guy, he's been a little banged up in camp. It looks like he's good to go. Hopefully he is because Tory Horton, a uh, number 14 receiver, he's a guy he had, he's had two good years at Nevada comes to Colorado state, you know, Colorado state's produced some pretty good receivers over the last, you know, five to eight years. And he looks like he's another one that, you know, in the not too distant future could be an NFL guy. So, um, so long as he's, you know, healthy and, and moving well, he's a guy that has potential to be pretty good. Now I'm sure Michigan knows that as well. And, and we'll have some focus on him and maybe force them to go some other places, but he's a guy that, uh, you know, I think is definitely going to play on Sundays, definitely going to put up some nice yards here at Colorado state. Um, and if, if the Rams are, you know, hoping to or able to hang in in any way, on Saturday, they probably need Horton to, to have a pretty decent game. Uh, that, that will be a very interesting matchup to watch. Certainly uh, Jim Harbaugh over at, at, with the Michigan football team has said that uh, the defense, the, the Michigan defense has the license and the ability to be as good or better than they were last year. Uh, but certainly replacing a guy in the secondary, like a Daxton Hill, uh, who was a top 50 NFL dra- draft pick, a Brad Hawkins, even a Josh Ross at the linebacker level. Uh, it's a lot of new names on the Michigan defense. And, uh, you know, you certainly, if it were a fully fledged air raid offense, uh, that would certainly put some pause into you coming, coming to week one. Um, so, so that'll be very intriguing to see uh, how those two kind of, you know, a lot of new faces on defense for Michigan, uh, a lot of new faces in a new system for Colorado state. Yeah. Uh well, what that'll look like uh, on Saturday. Um, all right. Well, uh, certainly don't want to put you on the spot necessarily for, for a game pick. Uh, but what, if you had one prediction of one thing you, you expect to see out of the matchup, out of Colorado State, maybe out of Michigan even uh, on Saturday, what, what do you think we'll see? Yeah, I've been thinking about this. Um, it's kind of a, a random one, but I, I feel like Colorado State's going to have a 100-yard receiver, which is kind of funny because the air raid, frankly, is 
built to sort of do the opposite. It's built to spread it around everyone. But I just feel like Clay Millen, you know, freshman first start, he's going to find a comfort blanket, whether it's Tory Horton, tight end Tanner Arkin, maybe even Melquan Stovall in the slot. I think he's going to try and find something that's working for him and kind of keep feeding it uh, just because of everything. Obviously, the really good defense, the atmosphere, his first game, all that. So I almost feel like he's he's going to keep, you know, pumping into one area and Colorado State might uh, end up with a 100-yard receiver in this game kind of because of that. Uh, so like I said, sort of a random one, but, but it's uh, it's one I feel like could happen. That's a good one to start with. Uh, certainly, I, I've been reading some of the Colorado State coverage uh, leading up to this game, and uh, what I saw is that Jay Norvell showed the team that, hey, last year's record, last year's performances kind of showed the floor. You know, they, that kind of showed the rock bottom of, you know, this is how bad it could be. And hey, like going into Michigan Stadium, going into Ann Arbor, uh, that's not necessarily a game you'd expect to win if you're Colorado State. But a performance like that, a hundred yard receiver, you know, a, a quarterback getting settled in, a defense that can get pressure with just the four guys, like those are building blocks, uh, yeah. building blocks for this season. And what I'm sure uh, your readers and the, the folks out there in Colorado hope will be a, a much more successful and lengthier, uh, and, uh, yeah, just better vibes, uh, for, yeah. for that tenure. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And yeah, I think you're spot on. I think Colorado state fans are pretty realistic at that, you know, you never know, obviously any given Sunday, obviously Colorado state fans keep bringing up, uh, you know, Appalachian state, which I'm sure Michigan people get very sick of hearing, but and I have to believe that on this podcast. I'm I sorry. know. Right. I know. Right. Um, but, but I think, everyone's realistic that the odds of Colorado state going in and winning this week are, uh, you know, close to, to nothing, but I think exactly what you said is what people here want to see, you know, some bright spots, you know, maybe the defense can get a couple takeaways. takeaways. Uh, you know, like I say, Clay Millen show some flashes, you know, some of the offensive guys show some flashes, you know, I think, you know, fans hope they don't get blown out too much and, and use some of those positives and take that into the rest of the season. Um, and, and like you say, just, start building toward a better future. Cause I think everyone here can see it coming, but they also realize, you know, it's, it's a pretty good task. It's not a, uh, you know, instant, instant turnaround type of situation. Well, that sounds great. Looking forward to it on Saturday, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Why don't you tell us and why don't you tell the folks uh, where we can find you online, where we can find yourself. Yeah. If you're interested in reading up uh, coloradoin.com, that's you know, Colorado, the state with an A-N at the end. And then I'm on Kevin underscore Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E on Twitter. I'll have all my stuff there and uh, making a trip up to Ann Arbor. So excited to check out. It's a place I've never been. So I'm, I'm really excited to cover the game Saturday. Well, for, for all of us here, hope you have safe travels here to Ann Arbor. Uh, we'll, we'll see you at the big house. And uh, to all the listeners, uh, if you are looking for more coverage, uh, you can find us at michigan.247sports.com. We'll have more podcasts right here in this feed. Be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll see you out at the Big House on Saturday. Peace. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.